Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside Podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day to day routine, there's something for everyone. Climbers get stranded on mountains with frightening regularity lately. Their way down may be blocked by avalanches, landslides, or other damage to the route. So if people can't escape from mountaintops on foot, why not rescue them with the help of helicopters? After all, these machines can land anywhere, right? Good question. But it turns out that there's a serious reason why choppers don't fly all the way to the top of high mountains like Everest. Helicopters simply aren't designed to rise to such altitudes. So first, let's figure out how these machines work. In fact, you can describe the way helicopters fly in just one word, lift, which is the force that counteracts gravity. Yep, it's the very same lift that helps planes stay airborne. But while aircraft generate lift with the help of their wings, helicopters need rotors, also known as blades, to perform this impressive feat. The blades push air downward which allows the chopper to move upward despite the force of gravity. But the lift produced by the rotors greatly depends on the density of the air. The higher this density is, the more comfortably and safely a helicopter can fly. But once you begin to rise above sea level, air density starts to decrease. Ever heard of people who couldn't breathe at high altitudes in the mountains? That's because of the lack of oxygen in the air. So, returning to Everest, it's the highest peak in the world. At the top of this mountain, which reaches 29,030 feet, the density of air is only one-third of that at sea level. It means that the lift this air can provide is also three times weaker than it is in standard sea level conditions. And you should also keep in mind that a chopper needs to support not only its substantial weight, but also the weight of its crew, passengers, and cargo. In other words, the air at such altitudes isn't dense enough to hold helicopters aloft. On the other hand, there are special helicopters that can fly way higher than regular ones. They not only have larger blades and extremely powerful engines, but they're also very light. As you might guess, it costs a fortune to produce such a chopper. Normally, helicopters don't need to fly higher than their usual altitude of 10,000 feet, so they aren't equipped with such instruments. At the same time, There have been several helicopters that did make it to the peak of Everest, more than 29,000 feet above sea level. The first time it happened was in 2005, and the pilot who controlled that chopper mentioned later that landing was the hardest and most dangerous part of the trip. He couldn't understand where he was landing and whether he was going to touch down on snow above rock or snow above nothing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Also, pilots who fly high-altitude helicopters in the mountains must constantly calculate how much power they'll need for maneuvers like hovering, taking off, and landing at this or that altitude. By the way, temperatures and air pressure also define how safe a trip is going to be. Besides, pilots have to avoid landing choppers in places where there's even the slightest chance of a landslide or avalanche. All this requires not only incredible experience and skills, but also a good portion of luck. Well, I guess that answers my question about why helicopters in high places are incompatible. But hang on, there are some other things that confuse me about choppers. For example, why do some helicopters have wheels while others land on the skids? Well, almost all early choppers had wheels, just like airplanes. But since emergency landing sites were often just plowed fields, the front wheels of helicopters used to dig in, which made a forward-moving machine highly unstable during landing. On top of that, in sloping areas, wheeled helicopters sometimes rolled downhill. That's why skids soon became standard for all smaller helicopters. This way, they're able to land on soft surfaces and in hilly areas. Besides, skids can be equipped with special floating devices for landing on water. And finally, the skids are super convenient for strapping additional external loads. As for moving on the ground, a chopper is either transported on a dolly or with the help of special ground-handling wheels. But the larger a helicopter is, the more difficult it is to handle it on the skids. That's why the most massive choppers are designed with wheels. They help large machines to taxi safely. Plus, they're more convenient for rolling landings and takeoffs. Have you seen more helicopters with wheels or with skids? Share your experience in the comment section below. Then, there's another question that's bothering me. Why do helicopters need two rotors? I know the big one overhead is the main blade. It provides the necessary lift and produces motion. But how about the tail rotor? What good does it do sitting there at the end of the chopper? Well, without the tail end rotor, helicopters would just fly in circles. Look how it works. To get a chopper into the air, the main rotor must move and push the air down, which in turn will push the heavy machine up. But for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Now that's not my idea, it's Newton's third law of motion. It means that if the chopper's rotor moves clockwise, its fuselage will be pushed in the opposite counterclockwise direction. That's when the tail rotor comes into play. By rotating, this nearly vertical set of blades makes sure that the helicopter doesn't start moving in circles in the air and remains stable during the flight. Ever seen helpless choppers stuck in the air, rotating in one place? They most likely had their tail rotors damaged. Now, I was also wondering if helicopters could fly in the rain. It turns out that theoretically they can. The other question is whether they're allowed to. Rain alone does nothing to affect the ability of a chopper to rise in the air. After all, blades still rotate, and thrust still takes the machine upward. On the other hand, rain means low visibility. And according to the rules, choppers can fly only when visibility is good, so that pilots can see where they're going. That's why, unless a mission outweighs the risks, helicopters prefer to rest in the hangars during rainy weather. Okay, and how about flying at night? Actually, it's the same as flying in the rain. Choppers can do it, but prefer not to. 
Unlike airplanes, which fly at an altitude of several thousand feet and have established routes, choppers must stay at much lower heights. Besides, their routes are more flexible. As a result, helicopters avoid flying in the dark due to the risk of hitting something, which always ends badly, both for the machine and its crew and passengers. Also, one day, I saw a cool photo where a chopper was performing an incredible trick. It was flying upside down. It may be pretty suspicious. Was it Photoshop or what? Nope. Some helicopters can indeed fly upside down, but it's by no means an easy feat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once again, a helicopter rises into the air thanks to the lift produced by its powerful rotors which spin at insane speeds, more than 500 revolutions per minute. So it makes sense to suppose that since a chopper rises in the air thanks to its rotor spinning, it could do so even when inverted. Admittedly, it would be inconvenient, but not unreal altogether, right? Hmm? Only in theory. Unfortunately, most commercial choppers simply aren't designed to perform such tasks. In these helicopters, the joint that connects the fuselage and the blades is too weak to handle the weight of a belly-up machine. Also, the blades themselves aren't rigid enough. Should a chopper turn over, they'd flex, come too close to the fuselage, and eventually crash against it. You can imagine the fatal outcome of such an accident. On top of that, to fly upside down? the chopper needs its engine to be redesigned, otherwise the fuel and lubricant wouldn't be distributed inside properly. In any case, most modern helicopters can pull the barrel roll track, but only for a few seconds at a time and while being controlled by an expert pilot. By the way, nowadays, choppers are so advanced that some experts state that you're more likely to survive in a helicopter crash than when an airplane goes down. Well, I feel better. <laughs>